Welcome to the Spirit of Prophecy Church. Merry Christmas. Oh, happy birthday. No. Uh, what is it again? Memorial Day. Yeah, Memorial Day. <laughs> Actually, we do remember those people that have served our country. We certainly need you, and we appreciate it. So, Lord, I ask for your anointing to be unlooked, that you would fill his mouth and his heart with your words, and also help us to understand how spirits are transferred from one person to another in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Apostle Stan. Oh, look at all these wonderful people out here. And hello, online people. You're wonderful, too. And today is a special day also because today is Pentecost. Today the Holy Spirit came down. Like how our spirits transferred from one person to another. Yeah, the marriage supper of the Lamb. And Cato Mills just walked in the room. Hi. Church is filling up. So this is, um, the title of this is How Our Spirits Transferred from One Person to Another, which I believe we did this about three or four weeks ago, uh, session one. So this is session two. And if you will advance me to slide 30, we will maybe get through the rest of this. I don't know. So if you want to see the session one, you got to go back to YouTube and Spirit of Prophecy Church Sunday, four weeks ago, and uh, you'll see it. This is slide two. The Holy Ghost descended on Jesus like a dove. Yeah, okay, well, i got to go 30 slides, so... Bear with me, we are moving forward. This is all old. You'll have to review. I'm stuck now. Yeah, evil spirits have a character, just like the Holy Spirit has a character. Stay tuned for station identification. Here we go. We're at sexual contact. Can spirits be transferred by sexual contact? Absolutely. One brownie point for Apostle Stan. It's a big way, especially in the uh, times that we live in today. So um, I'm sure there's a lot of illicit sex around. Can you become infected? Yes. Okay, let's look at some scripture. Numbers 14, 18. The Lord is long-suffering. Thank you, Jesus. Long-suffering, not like Apostle Lou, who has a short fuse sometimes. The Lord is long-suffering and of great mercy, forgiving iniquity, transgression, and by no means clearing the guilty. See, there's levels here. You've got trans. Transgression, um, iniquity, and sin. And there are three levels. But the Lord says, by no means clearing the guilty. You're not getting away with anything. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation. So this is, hey, there's Will. Good to see you. My favorite color, turquoise. The Lord set this up in Deuteronomy 28. 
the blessings and the curses. And he knew that we wouldn't always make the right choice. So he says, I set before you life and death. Therefore, today choose life because sometimes we choose death. We sin, which leads to death. And so you can uh, be totally innocent. And I'll just say, if you have a child that's one, two, three, four, five, and there's some major illness sick with that child, it's not the child's fault. Uh, he did not sin and open the door and uh, have a curse come upon him because he's too young to sin. It came from either the mother and the father, or it came from someone up the bloodline in the ancestors. That's my take on it. Uh, it was free, so it's worth what you paid for it. But I'm telling you, this stuff is real. And spirits transfer from the iniquity of the fathers down to three and four generations. And if you have sexual sin, that is a ten-generational curse. And it excludes you in the spirit realm from coming into the congregation of the Lord. So if, in other words, if you uh, have the bastard curse on you or you've been conceived uh, out of wedlock, uh, it comes with a whole set of problems. Uh, you don't feel comfortable in church. You don't like to read your Bible. You uh, start a job and then it goes good for a while and then it crashes. Uh, you just can't ever get your feet. You can't get any traction. So, yeah, you can't get ahead. You'll get started and it'll go good for a while and then, you know, it crashes and burns. So, yeah, you're always wondering, why does this always happen to me? You know, I just can't get out from under this cloud. Well, it could be uh, a generational curse. A ten gener even a third and fourth generational curse, Most, first of all, the average Christian doesn't believe in this stuff. And if they do believe in it, they don't know how to break it. Uh, breaking curses is a very simple. Now explain what a generational curse is and how it Okay, Apostle Stan says, explain what a generational curse is and how it gets started. Well, first of all, it gets started from sin, but doctors recognize this. So uh, if you're sick and you have cancer, the first thing they're going to do is they're going to say, has mom or dad had cancer? How about the aunts and uncles, great-grandparents? Have they had this? They're looking for, they don't call it a generational curse, they call it heredity. They're looking for a pattern. And so, like... Uh, you probably heard of the Hatfields and McCoys. They had a curse. And um, somebody came along eventually and broke that, praise God. But they will have uh, suicide, for instance, in a family. And I've dealt with, like, grandpa did suicide, then dad did suicide, and then brothers and sisters are committing suicide. And that is a curse coming down the bloodline. It's a DNA, a spiritual Soon he calls it a DNA writer, but it's a spiritual bloodline curse. And you have blood diseases and like heart disease. You know, Christians aren't supposed to be sick, but they get diabetes, heart disease, and that is a curse. Sickness is a curse. So, like I said, if you don't know how to break these things, you're just going to suffer and you're going to go to the doctor and they're going to prescribe you medicine and then you're going to have to pay and pay and pay. And uh, those things come with side effects. And if you take enough of them, you'll have other issues that you have to go back off the meds and then they adjust them. And it just, it's a, 
It's a cycle of death. I hope that answered your question. Here's a picture of a tree, and if you'll just look at this, I don't make out what that is, but let's say these are, let's say this is mom and dad, and then these are the offspring, and then from these, there's more offspring, and then from these, there's more offspring, and the curse starts here, and it goes down the bloodline to you. That's a simple explanation, and uh, the scripture says Jesus hung on the tree. Anybody that hung on the tree has broken the curse. And so a lot of Christians think, I can't be cursed because I'm a Christian. Jesus, you know, like I can't have a demon because Jesus hung on the tree. The curse is broken. I'm free, but yet we have problems. So here is a better description. This is first generation. Mom and dad did something that uh, the Lord didn't like, and they had a spirit attached to them, and it transfers to their children. This is. Well, first of all, you can have uh, sex out of marriage. And if you're conceived, that's a 10-generational curse. This picture here only goes to the fifth generation. So you see how many people are in the fifth generation? Take that on out, 10 generations. How many people are affected? And so on and so forth. So uh, sexual sin, uh, you could murder someone. You could be involved in witchcraft. You know, I talked to somebody the other day, and they said, I've uh, used to lay on the floor for hours trying to meditate and open up my chakras. And now they're having problems because, you know, they can't sleep without being attacked by a spirit. So when you open the door, you don't know what's going to come through. And so number one, most Christians don't know what sin is. And if you look in the Old Testament, they got the peace offering, um, the guilt offering, the trespass offering, and you're going like, that's Old Testament. I don't need to know that stuff. Well, it's for a specific sin. And if you don't know what that is, just because you're ignorant about it doesn't mean that you're off the hook because, you know, you can break the law out on the street and it doesn't matter if a policeman sees you and you go, well, I didn't know. It's like, sorry, Charlie, you know, and you get, you get whacked. So same way in the spirit realm. But anyway, you can see how it starts out small and it goes big. Ten generations. How many people would that be? I don't know, but it would be a lot. So you can have, see, we don't know what our ancestors have done, right? How many people know what your ancestors did 80 years ago? I can assume. Yeah, we can assume. Well, we know. We, after you deal with people, so like on Sunni's bloodline is um, sexual, like rape. On my bloodline is anger. And so you can look and discern by what the people are dealing with. You know, some people have mental illness. Some people have severe sickness, a specific sickness. And so you can discern some of that stuff. It arrive for no right. It just doesn't arrive for no reason. Uh, Proverbs 26, 2 says, uh, as a bird by flying, as a sparrow by wandering, the curse causeless shall not come, which means a demon or a curse cannot just jump on you for no reason. If, if you have an issue, there's a specific reason. And you need to find out what that reason is, repent for it, cast out the spirit, pray for healing, and that's how you get the job done.
So think about this. What can happen in 80 years? That would be, we'll just say five generations. So who knows what your ancestors in 1943 were doing? What sins were they committing? Oh, they were perfect. They didn't commit sins. They didn't lie, steal. great-grandfather and probably great-great-grandfather and probably great-great-great-great-grandfather. Five, five generations. No, take it back to ten generations if it's sexual sin. We just don't know what they did. So just assume, you know, uh, deliverance, the rule is when in doubt, cast it out. So if you got any doubt, you think there might be something there, you speak to it, command it out, break it, repent. First is repent for it, then break it, cast it out and then pray for healing just assume it's there if you don't if, if you have any doubt assume it's there renounce it uh, claim can, forgiveness can I make another point it also works the opposite way like for example a lot of times I've heard preachers say I'm a son of a preacher my dad was a preacher his dad was a preacher his dad was a preacher in other words the good side can come down too yes it can a lot of times we see people that are super blessed and we say Who's here? Who's she? Why, why are they so blessed? And their parents were blessed. And their parents were blessed. In other words, the blessings roll downhill and the curses roll downhill. Right? Yeah, so if you're interested in this type of stuff, there was a book written by an author named Johnny Turnipseed. I don't know for sure if this is a correct title, but I think it's Bloodline. And he gives a testimony about his family and children and their children were winding up murdering people and going to prison. And then he gives a testimony of what you just talked about of another family that served the Lord and they had, you know, all kinds of blessings. And so that's called Bloodline, I believe, by Johnny Turnipseed, a real person and the book is awesome. It will help you understand curses and how to break them. What's your name again? Johnny Turnipseed. Yeah, I think it's called Bloodline. I think. Okay, as soon as he says the DNA writer. So we're talking about a lot of this stuff is manifesting. So like heart disease, cancer, that's all manifesting in the, uh, your flesh, uh, the natural. But there's also in the spirit. And a lot of, so like your familiar spirits, they're, they're invisible. All this kingdom is, unless you have discerning of spirits, you're not going to see this stuff. But, you know, we, you ever heard of the watchers? You know, there's spirits that watch us. The familiar spirit is a, a spirit that travels down the family bloodline. And so the angels are recording all the good things we do, and the demonic is recording all the bad things we do. So they have legal right to you because you did that. I have access to or you your or your parents did that and they know God's law and they know the scriptures better than we do and they're very legalistic and so if mom and dad did something that is against the word and will of God they have a legal right to attack you and so many times when I'm I'll just say praying for people I'm not praying I'm commanding um, I will say I cover you with the blood of Jesus in this uh, natural give you a blood transfusion in the natural and in the spiritual because you want your spirit see we're a three-part being spirit soul and body yes your spirit i'm a christian but your spirit can be wounded 
because uh, in Psalms it says, a wounded spirit, who can bear? So just because you said Jesus come into your heart does not make you perfect. And, you know, ask Sunni about Apostle Lou. You know, I had my first sermon in the car this morning coming to church, and she goes, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Uh, you should all be married to a prophet. So I got a nice behind kicking this morning coming into the church. This is my second sermon today. Spirit transferred to objects. Is that possible? They're shaking their heads. Okay, let's look at Joshua 7.1. But the children of Israel committed a trespass. They sinned in the accursed thing for Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah, which is the tribe that Jesus came from. See, the Lord, he, he, he knows the names. He knows your name. And he knows what's been done, good or bad, in your bloodline. So the Lord is pointing this out. I know he come from him, come from him, come from him to you. He took the accursed thing, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. That's never a good thing to have the anger of the Lord kindled against you or your household. So they made the Lord mad. So here's a picture of Achan. Here's the story. So the Lord says, cross the Jordan. Go into the promised land where there's giants. I'll go with you and fight for you. But you're going to wipe. What I'm telling you to do is wipe out man, woman, child, animals, and take nothing. Burn it. Destroy it. Wipe it out because they were cursed. And so they went to Jericho, the biggest, baddest, most powerful city um, in the promised land. And in one week, they wiped it. You know, wiped the slate. They they destroyed it. They took the big one. Then they went to Ai, which is a tiny little, small little deal, and they got their behind kick because Achan had taken something that they were supposed to be destroyed, and that object was cursed. And so here it is. He hid it in the floor of his tent, and now they're the Lord. You know, they got, they didn't have victory, so... 7.12, therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies. And just think of us. You're, you're battling something, but you can't overcome it. You know, there's a reason. There's always a reason why you can't get your prayers answered. Sunni says, if you don't make me happy, God won't answer your prayers. There's always a reason. No room for argument here. <laughs> they couldn't stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies. They ran off like a scared rabbit because they were accursed. How did that happen? Well, they took of the accursed thing and it transferred to the company, the, the Israelites. Uh, Neither will I be with you anymore. This is God speaking. I'm not going to be with you. We don't want to hear that, right? We want to be with God. We want him to support us and fight our giants and bless us and let us take territory. But the Lord says, I won't be with you anymore except you destroy the accursed thing from among you. And as a door-to-door salesman and a handyman going into many houses over the years, 
I see all kinds of idols and all kinds of wicked things in people's homes, the, ne the Necronomicon, the Book of the Dead, all kinds of Buddhas and Kali statues and wicked artwork and, you know, giant trolls in the backyard that they name. And they go, that is my uh, watcher in the backyard. I mean, and they wonder why they have problems because they've got accursed things in their homes. Dream catchers on the you know, mirror their car, dragons, it opens doors, and what comes through, you will not like it, so <clears throat> this is King James, it says, up, sanctify the people, it means set apart, don't be like Egypt, don't look like the rest of the world, and say, sanctify yourselves against tomorrow, for thus saith the Lord God of Israel, there is an accursed thing in the midst of thee, O Israel. Thou canst stand before thine enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. You have to get rid of it, is what he's saying. So uh, this is easy to read version. It says, now go and make the people pure. See, we're supposed to be pure, not mixture. You know, we're not supposed to have Nephilim blood in our bloodline, right? That's why they had the flood. Uh, and Noah ate, were saved and the rest of the world perished because they were mixed. They weren't pure. We need to be pure. And he says, God says, get ready for tomorrow. You know, if the Lord's anger is kindled against you and he says, get ready for tomorrow, you better, you know, you, what, what are you going to do? Run and hide? Put your head under the bed? He's going to come and get you. You better be scared. It says, the Lord, the God of Israel says that some people are keeping things that he had commanded to be destroyed. Hello. Just think, is, just think, put yourself in this. The Lord says some people are keeping things that he commanded to be destroyed. I'm talking to somebody here. You will never be able to defeat your enemies until you throw away those things. So if you have things in your home that you know you shouldn't have, uh, time to have a bonfire. And when me and Suni, this is back in Iowa, we found out about these things, we... We had a barbecue, and like as um, my friend Albert uh, Chang, that went, he's a Cambodian friend in Richardson that went to um, Cambodia with us. When he figured all this stuff out, he you know see they they um, they worship the Buddha, so they pay a lot of money to the uh, monks, the Buddhist monks, and you know because they're little golden statues. You know, they have to pay a lot of money for those. So his house is full of Buddha stuff. And when he found this out, he just took them all outside and set them on fire. And the fire truck showed up. And they go, are you having a barbecue? He goes, yes, I'm having a barbecue. He says, I was having a Buddha barbecue. So you should burn those things. And then you have to repent, break the curse, cast out the demon, and go and sin no more. Can spirits be transferred to people? They're shaking their head yes. Christians can get transferred, of course. You know, there's a good spirit like today is today at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came down and they all spoke in tongues. That was a spirit transfer. So there's good transfer of spirits and they're good soul ties. But Satan has counterfeits. Deuteronomy 34, 9. And Joshua, the son of Nun, was full 
of the spirit of wisdom. No, the spirit of wisdom is one of the golden candlesticks in Revelations that stands before the throne of God night and day. This is not, you know, book smarts that you go to school or college and figure out how to get the job done. This spirit comes from Yahweh, Jesus, God, whatever, you know, comes from the throne of God. For Moses had laid his hands upon him. So you lay hands and proclaim and the spirit transfers. And it happens a lot here, right here, when we ask, uh, who wants to speak in tongues? And they come up, we lay hands, they speak their heavenly language. So, yes. And the children of Israel hearkened, or they listened to him, and did as the Lord commanded Moses. That was a spirit transfer. That's a wisdom transfer. You know, Solomon asked for wisdom, and the Lord gave it to him. That wasn't, you know, that was the same spirit, the the candlestick, the wisdom, supernatural wisdom from God went to Solomon, and you saw the great exploits he did. It says, um, gold and silver was like sand in the street. I mean, he was, you know, the wealthiest kingdom ever. Oh, here's a spirit transfer. Who knows what this is? Yeah, a certain anointed person in this church made a DVD about that. What was the name of it? And a book. Snake in the house. See, that is a snake right there. That's called Kundalini awakening or meditation. It's there's seven chakras, you know, starting with the top and then the pineal gland, which you open up and you're God, right? Now I'm God, the third eye. And uh, that's where you, you know, a snake is doing this all the time, right? I, I killed two last week that were. Um, one ate one of my quails, and he was decapitated. And then I found another one. My dog tore a board off the fence. I got a fence with two panels, so he tore a board off. He smelled it, and I seen the snake. He got decapitated. So we kill snakes on my property, and we kill snakes in the spirit too. But this is the uh, Kundalini awakening. So this is a spirit transfer. You can get it from so easy just by meditating. New Age, or a lot of people think this is the Holy Spirit. You know, look at me. I'm being touched by the Holy Spirit. We see that in Honduras. We see that in Cambodia. Wherever we go, this is a global spirit. And uh, Christians are not immune to this stuff. So if you don't know about it, or someone says, you know, come up here and I'm going to lay hands on you and anoint you, and then you walk off like the funky chicken, you probably just got a serpent spirit instead of the Holy Ghost. So not every spirit that you experience is a good spirit. There's also bad spirits out there, and this is one of them, and it's a big one of them. Yeah, and Christian yoga, uh, it's not Christian. And uh, yoga actually means yoke, you know. I break a lot of yokes off of people because they have a heavy burden on them. Uh, they're just depressed, and it's a false yoke. And so Jesus said, my yoke is easy. Jesus has a yoke. Where do you think this came from? It's a counterfeit. I, uh, he says, take my yoke upon you. Uh, my burden is light. My yoke is easy, and I will give you rest. So people that can't rest, they're tormented. They have a tormenting spirit. They have a, have a yoke upon them. And if you've done yoga or 
Reiki or acupuncture or any of this New Age Eastern mysticism or uh, meditation, drugs, um, soaking prayer. You open your mind and let whatever is out there come in. That's dumb. Yeah, satanic music or just uh, a lot of music is, you know, Satan was a worship leader in heaven, right? So music can't have an evil spirit to it, right? Video games, all this stuff. You know, they put the algorithm to match your brain waves so you get addicted to it and a spirit will transfer. I've cast out a lot of spirits of pornography from people that have, they, the, it comes in their eyes, right, Suni? Suni's always saying, Pastor Lou, you gotta watch what you're looking at. You gotta look at the girls in their eyes. I'm going, yes, Mrs. Young, yes. Uh, that one I wanna say. Oh, <laughs> wisdom is about to speak. <laughs> I tried to that's I got rebuked this morning on the way in here I had my first sermon in the car and she I said you need to come up here and speak no you'll be able to do it without me I'm not coming up so I've been really trying to not to interrupt him just let him flow right okay but this one is really important okay so the ladies are different from men. We all know that, right? We look different. We have different parts and everything else, okay? We're made different. But man is roused by the sight, okay? Feelings. Things just happens quickly with just, okay? So Christian men, especially, you have so much pressure because you are act by the sight, so I want to give you recommendation. Okay. When you look at when you first look look at somebody, lady especially, okay? And you see the whole body, right? Okay. And so you say, "Wow, you look good." Okay. Then after that, your eyes should go right to their face, right into their eyes. That's it. You don't go anywhere else. Nowhere else. You don't go down to neck or bottom. You don't go. You stay right there in the face. Look right into eyes. You make yourself train that way. You got to do the warfare, okay? If you start wondering, you're going to get into trouble. You open door transfer we're talking about, okay? So spirit of lust, spirit of perversion, it comes and imagination comes into your mind, okay? So best thing to do, look in the eyes. Don't look anywhere else. And that is commitment this morning, okay? Not God's commitment, Sunni's. <laughs> yeah. So just train yourself to look right in the eyes. You don't need to look at anywhere else, okay? It's automatic. You know, I'm telling you, man, you, you might not notice this, but some of us, we're not even looking for it, but we know quickly where your eyes going. And I see it all the time. And I just bite my tongue. Okay? So sometimes you don't even know you're doing it. But your wife see it. Other ladies see it. They're just not saying nothing. So keep your eyes on the face only. Especially eyes. And so starting today, train yourself that way. Then you don't get into trouble. You don't have to worry about 
lost spirit coming into you. Did that sound good? Yes, so you don't get in trouble. And the reason I'm saying this, men, you don't even know you're doing it. It's just automatic happens. I see that. And their eyes just follow like that. And I see it all the time, and they don't know it. And But your wife and your girlfriend sees it. Yeah, so please do that, okay? Thank you, Mrs. Young. Yes, wisdom is speaking. All right, let's look at some more scripture. 1 Timothy 5.22. Lay hands suddenly on no man, neither be partaker of other men's sins. Keep thyself pure. Why do you think the scripture says lay hands on no man suddenly? Yeah, you can pick something up that way. So you think, I lay hands, because the Bible says lay hands. But it says, neither be partaker of other men's sins. So you can pick up what they got. No, I want you to come up here. Mrs. Young has wisdom. Come on up here. Speak again. You explain it better than I do. We're a team. You can't separate us. It's like uh, Mo and Curly. Okay, so I just want, I don't want no uh, misunderstanding here. It's not laying hand like this. We're not talking about that. We're talking specifically a certain area in your head. You understand that? Okay, so I just want to clarify that. So when, when minister or whoever come near you to this, you, I don't want you freaking out. Okay, it's the Pacific laying of a hand for ministry. Okay, that's the reason. Okay. Thank you, Mrs. Young. We got the purple memo today. Acts 8.19 saying, give me also this power that whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. This was Simon the sorcerer, right? Yeah. Said, I give you money because he saw the Spirit of God moving. They would lay hands on, fill them with the Holy Ghost, heavenly language come forth, and he's impressed. He's going, I want this power. Let me pay you for it. And they said, Your money perish with you. This is a spirit transfer. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you. Covenant marriage. This is a spirit transfer. You see the two rings, they represent the covenant and the mixing of two souls. The devil also has a covenant. This is a satanic marriage covenant. See, it says, this is to certify that warlock and witch be married in unholy marriage. And that's a satanic marriage covenant. They mock and do things, you know. God sets up, and they, they, they counterfeit it. This stuff is real. There you go. Spirit spouse. Oh, I could talk a lot about spirit spouse. It says when The scripture says, when good men do nothing, that includes women too. When, when good people do nothing, uh, evil flourishes. So you're having a dream, and um, 
just so you know, I'm not talking about anyone here in this room, but you have having a dream and a spirit is molesting you or having sex with you and, and you don't stop it, as far as the enemy is concerned, you have agreed to that. And I ministered to a lady the other day. She's going like, a, she was embarrassed, didn't want to tell me. She goes, when she's got uh, incubus comes and has sex with her, and she's hearing this voice, don't orgasm. Spirit spouse, she's married to a spirit spouse. The spirit spouse is jealous of the incubus, okay? So a lot of single people will have these, and then they get married, and then all hell breaks loose in their marriage because the spirit spouse is jealous, and it causes problems between the husband and wife. So this stuff is real, and uh, you cannot believe how many people actually, you, you, in the spirit, you're married to a demon, you think that can't happen? It can happen. It does happen. So, you want to say something now? Well, they don't. Okay, in your dream, they don't just come as a demonic form. They don't. They come as masquerading. They will come as somebody you know, somebody's good looking, somebody is looks like harmless. They will come that way. They don't come as a picture like that. Okay, I'm just clarifying. Okay, sometimes. If you, um, I remember my mother, uh, she say she, ha she saw my father in a dream. And he just came and lay next to her in her dream. And he lay there for a while and he left. Okay, so I'm trying to explain to my mother. <laughs> that wasn't then. Well, yes, he was. And I said, no. Then finally I thought, okay, never mind, never mind. So anyway, so they will, if you have somebody who die, okay, once they're dead, they're dead, okay? If they come to you, it's a masquerading spirit. So uh, just to a uh, little better nugget, you don't know, if you don't know, okay? So just, they come as harmless, okay, counterfeit. So be careful on that. And if you had... Uh, Permiscuous when you were young, and you know, going around with your boyfriends and you know, sexually active, or if you've been molested or you've been raped, and those kind of situation, a lot of times you already have that spirit spouse attached to you. Okay, so they will harass you sooner or later. They might not show up right away, but there's a time frame they come and begin to activate. So if something like that is happening to you, what has happened is in the realm of a spirit, you're connected to that spirit, and is he's claiming you as his. So in, in a realm of a spirit, it cover, you are covered. So you are not noticeable to any single lady, see if it's a man. If it's a lady, is the cover and no man is noticed you. Let, let me interrupt. She what Sin is trying to say is if you're single and you want to get married, but nobody ever makes that connection, even though you're very attractive and you might even be wealthy, the spirit has got you invisible, so no one will see you, and you'll never get married because this thing is controlling what's happening in your life, and you don't even realize it. So if that's a single person that wants to get married... Maybe you have a spirit spouse if it's not working. Come for deliverance. 
Come for deliverance. Yeah, call SUNY. But you, but you have to be totally honest. Honest about it. Okay, because lots of, there are some people, they want to get healed and delivered, but they don't want to share the trauma or things that happened to you before because it's shameful. So they don't bring that up. See, but that's the door is locking you in there. So you have to be able to, willing to talk about. So you have to find the safe place, the right minister. Okay? So you don't want to go to any minister and just bring everything out. Yeah, I'll, I'll say something on that. Uh, I'd say 80, 90% of the average church minister has no idea about any of this stuff, and you're going to spill your guts, and they're going to go, you need to go to the uh, psychiatrist because you are missing a brick short of a ton, and you're nuts. So most people don't understand it, even if they have compassion and will pray. They're not going to cast or break a demon or spirit or nothing because they don't know how. And I just want to say not everything, not everything is demonic. There's some soul healing needs to be done. But if that goes on a deeper level, there's always spirit attached to it. But some is not a demon. Some is brokenness. Some is been injured. Some, so it's, it's not, so the injured soul, there's no demon in there. We cannot cast that out, but it needs to recognize, it needs to go through some healing. And so they could be functional. Okay. <laughs> Who likes SUNY better than me? SUNY for president. Oh. <laughs> I'm stuck. Hello, June. Happy smiley sun, June. Holy Ghost commercial. <laughs> Stay tuned for station identification. So, yes, you can have a wounded soul. And uh, people that have, you go to the psychiatrist because, you know, you had a voice come out of you that was, you know, you're a man, but a female's voice come out and they were a child. Okay? They're going to the psychiatrist because they think they're going nuts. They say, you have DID, uh, disassociation identity disorder. Chances are you had some severe trauma which caused amnesia in your life and, and, you know, your body shuts down and a piece of your soul is fragmented off or fractured. They call it a part. Some call it an alter, alter personality. And so that's not a demon. There's a demon attached to it. So let's say you were five years old and you saw your father kill your mother He's here and blow her head off. You have trauma. And so that fractures your soul and it creates another personality. They have a name, they have an age, they have a personality, and they have a voice. It can be male or female, but whatever age that trauma happened, that's how old that piece of their soul is going to be. And these things will talk to you and they'll come up, I'm five years old. And um, they, the, it's a protection mechanism that is designed in our bodies 
to keep us from losing our mind because if you had to bear all that pain and hurt and trauma you would just melt down and you know you go crazy so that is how that works but many people have DID ADHD and a bunch of other stuff and and when you go to the psychiatrist they're going to give you hardcore mind-altering drugs that change your brain waves and basically they medicate you into zombie land so you can get free from that stuff if you find the right minister that knows about this type of thing and can work you through the process and it's not just like well you know be healed in jesus name okay get out of here have a nice life it takes a lot of time and work to get the people to be set free so uh just simple way to explain is like i had a did dissociative okay so so my soul was part of my soul was dysfunctional part of my soul was uh fragmented okay so through the trauma when i was 15 so that part was so i didn't remember amnesia right so i was in, in my soul which you cannot see but that was separated in another room to me to be able to walk through the rest of my life. Then another trauma hits, then it gets broken and broken, broken, and prison you're all messed up. Okay, so those kind of things happen. So once you get really severe, then the demon attached to each fragment of soul, each broken soul. So this takes a long time, but I'm talking about it, right? So I'm, I'm here a lot on those area through the Lord, but there's a specific incident at that time. I remember what happened, but I don't remember in detail. So obviously it's so severe still, and, and Lord's not revealing that to me yet. Okay, so just, I'm just bringing my situation out so you understand. Okay, so this type of stuff we're talking about is complicated. Honestly, there's very few people that understand it. And the psychiatrists and psychologists, they don't get the spirit part. They think it's all mental or chemical. And it can be mental and chemical. It can be. I'm not saying it. it's never. I'm not saying it's all spirit. I'm not saying that at all. Um, for certain people, drugs and medication can help. And, and, you know, that's the reason a lot of people are still alive. But... I'm also saying a lot of it is spiritual, and, and, you know, the average minister has no clue how to even begin to get these people set free. So uh, there, there are people around the globe that do these things and help, and if that's you, um, you know, contact Spirit of Prophecy Church, and they can get in contact with us, and we'll, we'll do everything we can to help you if that's you and you need help. So I think this is a good place to stop, so... Spirit transfer is real. It's complicated. Um, I think enough said. That's fine. My, if if that's you, my phone number is nine seven two five six seven four one two two. If you need help, you need to be set free. You got something you can't control, or you can't stop, or you know you have a spirit attacking you. Call Apostle Lou nine seven two. Five six seven four one two two. If I don't answer, leave a voicemail. Uh, it is my personal, or text me. Uh, we'll get back to you, and we will do what we can to help you. And um, 
You know, just so you know, I have no special powers, no special anointing, just because I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Jesus is the deliverer, and Jesus is the healer. And that's our job, is to point you towards Jesus and get you set free. So he will help you, but you also have to participate. You have to join and fight. You have to step out on the battlefield and, and push back. So if that's you, make the call, and uh, we'll... Pick it up from there in the name of Jesus. So, Lord, uh, uh, I think there's, we soon brought some plums. We finally have fr- a fruit tree producing plums. So if we don't have donuts, you got plums out there while they last. I, I've heard they're good. Uh, they are good. So bless the plums and any other food, Lord, and uh, in Jesus' name. And come back in, what, 13 minutes, we'll have church. Welcome to Spirit of Prophecy Church. I'm so happy to be here. I've been gone for a couple weeks. Uh, I was actually with my son Bentley and his new baby Kira on Mother's Day and his wife Alicia. And then last week I was actually in Florida because my nephew William, he graduated from high school, which was great. And then actually we have, you graduated from kindergarten, didn't you? And she graduated from kindergarten. And he graduated from pre-K. We have a lot of graduates in here. So let's give them a, 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 show them our appreciation here, right? And here's my nephew, Will. Y'all remember him? He was a little bitty probably last time y'all saw him, or at least little or smaller. <laughs> um, he started off going to school here in, in uh, Allen at, at first grade. And so, right? You know that, don't you? And so he graduated from high school, and she graduated from kindergarten at the same, I mean, at the same time. So it's it's kind of interesting. Anyway, uh, I'm going to have Eric hand these books out if you would like to have one. They're not King James, but they're really I don't know what. I don't know what version actually it is, but in the back of it, it has. Um, kind of a concordance and also where you can find different scriptures about Jesus' birth, for example, or the Holy Spirit and things like that. And it's nice. There's like a little leather booklet and you could just keep it in your purse or in your Bible, you know, that you have your like a little Ziploc, zip, I mean not Ziploc, but you know, the zip around the, your Bible, you can keep it in there. And I, I keep mine in my purse. It's really nice. So if you just need to find a scripture quickly for something or you just like to read it yourself these are actually really good we have some in spanish that we're actually taking to honduras with us so i'm excited about that but uh you're you're more than welcome you can have if you'd like to have a couple of them you're you're welcome to that uh be glad to give them to you for free okay this is a sign up sheet for to bring uh our fellowship be there's donuts fried eggs <laughs> whatever you like to bring cereal you know fruit anything so we'll, we'll hand this out to can you hand that to your dad thank you and if let's say you can get those from Scott, we'll go ahead and hand these out. These are our next month's flyers. Uh, we have uh, has everyone who's teaching for the month of June, so that you have that on there, so you can be reminded. 
And it also has on here for intercessory prayer, you need to see Barb. She's not here today, but you need to see her if you want to be joining in on the first and third Sundays. Uh, no, excuse me, first and third Tuesdays of each month and on the Zoom. Don't show that. Don't show that? Why? Right here? Don't show that? Yeah. Oh, I can't show the back side of this piece of paper. Y'all just have to get one and figure it out. Put your desk down. Okay. And um, and then also we're doing uh, Fridays, we're having Bible study. Stan's just doing it in his office at our house, live streaming it uh, on uh, YouTube, YouTube and, and Prophecy Club. They're still trying to work out kinks with Facebook to be live, but you can go and uh, watch it with him on that live stream or go back and check it out later on. And then uh, that's on Fridays from 6.30 to 8 p.m. And also, this month is Father's Day on June 18th. So, three weeks. That's going to be exciting. And I think that's all. Oh, I did show them the back side. Oh, my goodness. I'm in trouble with with Scarlet. But the back side of your piece of paper, it has to save the record. Save (laughs) Save the date. Record the date. Uh, so you, it's a magnet. You can just put it on your fridge or something to remind y'all that it will be coming up. I will be giving out invitations because I want my church family to come first, that you're invited, all of you here invited, even our new guests that are here. Hi there. Welcome. Glad to have you. What's your name? Dan? Nice, nice to meet you. And then we have, I'm sorry, I forgot your name already. Sherry. I started to say Cheryl, but that wasn't coming out right. So I said Sherry. Sherry, so glad to have you here. Is there any other visitors? We're so happy to have you. Uh, but you're part of our family now, so uh, please, th- we'll get you one of the magnets, too, to take them. All right. Well, thank you, ladies. You can be seated now. Appreciate your help. Thank you, Victoria. They sure have grown up in the last year. My goodness. They're like poised and confident up here, just young little ladies up here. Pretty soon, I'll just turn over all the announcements to them. They can do it. All right, let's stand. Let's pray. Let's get our service going today. Let's stand. Are there any prayer requests first? We're all good? Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much that we can come here just humbly and to praise and worship you. We're so thankful for our, our country. We know there's so much that's going on that's, that's evil, but your grace is abounding even more. And we give you praise and honor and glory, and we thank you that we are in a free nation. And, Lord, t- tomorrow is Memorial Day, and, Lord we, th- we, Lord, we thank you for all the troops and everyone you sent over the years to, to keep our, our nation free. And we thank you for that, and we ask that you just bless them that have been in service. Is there anyone here that has been in service? Can I see your hand? Eric, is there anybody else that's been in service? Well, we appreciate you. Thank you. Um, Lord, bless them, and uh, and just give them long and healthy and prosperous life, Lord, and just let them know how much we love them. And, Lord, thank you for the service today. We ask that you anoint it from from the praise and worship all the way to the message and we do love you we want to give our hearts to you today in jesus name amen
Well, it's time now for offering. You may be seated. So, uh, Lou, you want to come up and take offering? Tony, you want to come up and take the... We'll do the offering first, and then we'll take up the emissions money. Hello. Good morning, church. Okay, you can start smiling and becoming cheerful because the Lord loves a cheerful giver. (laughs) And we don't want you to be a sourpuss, so... All right, uh, Spirit of Prophecy Church, I can't see the bucket, but this one, the purple one. Bring your offerings and tithes and offerings and everything right here and support Spirit of Prophecy Church and the work that we're doing. I'm just reminded of the scripture says, ask, seek, and knock. So I do ask for your offerings. You cannot outgive the Lord, but it says, ask and you shall receive. If you don't ask, don't expect to receive. Seek and you shall find. If you don't seek, don't expect to find. And knock and the door shall be opened. If you're not knocking, don't expect any doors to open to you. So you cannot mock God. You will reap what you sow. So sow a little, get a little. Sow a lot, get a lot. It's real simple. And we don't need your money. God doesn't need your money. We need your money. God doesn't need your money. i got to say it right. <laughs> but this is used to build the kingdom. Building the kingdom is paying for the electricity, paying the rent for the building, and whatever. It does take money to run a ministry. So we thank you for supporting us. And um, who wants to pray with me? A certain person with the uh, Star Spangled Banner flag tie. <laughs> Lord, he just said something very important. You don't need our money. You you own all the cattle on a thousand hills. You own all the gold and silver. You made heaven and the things that therein are, and the earth and the things that therein are, and the sea and the things that are therein. Everything is in your hand. But you command us to give, and I believe the reason you do that is because it shows us that we really believe you. When you say, prove me now herewith, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, there not be room enough to receive. It proves, our giving proves that we believe you and that we know that you are our provision more than our job, more than our husband or wife. You're our provision. And we've all personally seen it. So please accept this as proof that we believe you. We believe what you say. And you say give, and we give. But we don't give because we have to. We give because we want to. And we know that you say that you love a cheerful giver. The Lord, our desire is to build your kingdom. Your kingdom is more important than our little world. And we look forward to a time in eternity when we can see your face and walk with you and hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Lord, we ask that you bless these offerings in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's a long talk. 
He prays a long time. I'll pray short. Um, so I bind to you, um, it is Job twenty-two twenty-five that says, Yea, the Lord shall, or the Almighty shall be your defense, and you shall have plenty of silver. There's your prosperity message, prosperity from God. Let, God's money is gold and silver. Let it come back to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And now Amen. we have a message from the anointed hat man. <laughs> Hello? Okay. Hat from Honduras. Okay. They gave us all. Last time we went. Was the last time? Or the, oh. Was the last time or the, the time before? We all got hats. So if you want hats, come with us. <laughs> anyway, missions offerings. What a blessing. No? Give and it shall be given unto you. So come, come and give. Your peace, so we could go into the mission field. It's Honduras, it's the East. So many countries come, and you know that if you give, it shall be given unto you. Thank you, Lord. Look at that. Thank you. Thank you. Here comes. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Boy, thank you, Lord. And you're going to pray. Yes, yes, sir. Here we go. Lord, you said that when we give, and when we give to people that cannot repay, then you are obligated to repay, and you will repay. So if there is a place for absolutely positively sure that you can sow your seed to know that you're going to get blessed, it's right there. Amen. Because the people in Honduras, <laughs> when they go to minister, I'll be able to say, when we go to minister here shortly, <laughs> yes. they don't take up offerings. As a matter of fact, you give. Yes, sir. You go to a church and speak and work and give, and then you give to them. Amen. That's it. That's how it worked. So we know that we get blessed powerfully. Amen. Because they cannot reply. Lord, we thank you that these people give. And we ask that you bless it back to them many times in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you for, for this gift, Lord, and multiply them in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you. All right. Let's stand up and praise the Lord. Oh, no. It's time for, oh, let's try that again. It's time for, there we go. Now it's time to get excited because we're going to be doing this for eternity. So get used to it now, guys. Get used to it now. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Hallelujah. Lord, you are worthy. King of kings and Lord of lords. Sweet the sound it is. Hallelujah. Okay, we're going to have to start this over. Lord, you are worthy and worthy to be praised. King of kings and Lord of lords, we lift you up in your great and mighty name. Let this be a sweet sound into your ear, Father God, that you would hear the hearts, 
that are crying out to you, Lord, that this would be a praise that we'd get out of our comfort zones and we would take it to a new level, a deeper level with you, Lord, that you would hear the prayers and hear the hearts of those who are crying and calling out to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give them some praise. Lord, you are worthy. You're the only answer to the darkness. You're the only right among the wrong. You're the only hope among the chaos. You're the other voice that calls me on. Louder than every lie, my sword in every fight, the truth will chase away the night. Your name is power over darkness, freedom for the captives, mercy for the broken and the hopeless. Your name is faithful in the battle, glory in the struggle, mighty it won't let us down or fail us. Your name is power. Your name is power. I know it is written, hope is certain. I know that the word will never fail. That's right. I know that in every situation You speak the power to prevail Louder than every lie My sword in every fight The truth will chase away the night Your name is power over darkness Freedom for the captives Mercy for the broken and the hopeless. Your name is faithful in the battle. Glory in the struggle. Mighty, it won't let us down or fail us. Your name is power. Hallelujah. Your name is power. When you speak, you scatter darkness, light arrives and heaven opens. Holy Spirit, let us hear it. When you speak, the church awakens. We believe the change is coming. Holy Spirit, let us see it. When you speak, you scatter darkness, light arrives and heaven opens. Holy Spirit, let us hear it. When you speak, your church awakens. We believe the change is coming. Holy Spirit, let us see it. Your name is power over darkness. Freedom for the captives. Mercy for the broken and the hopeless. Your name is faithful in the battle, glory in the struggle. Mighty, it won't let us down or fail us. Your name is power. Hallelujah. Your name is power. 
God is good all the time. Put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time. Yes, He is. Through the darkest night. His light will shine. God is good. God is good. All the time. Come on, let's put your hands together. God is good. All the time. He <laughs> put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good. All the time, through the darkest night, His light will shine. God is good. God is good all the time. And if you're walking through the valley and there's shadows all around, do not fear, because He will guide you. He will keep you safe and sound. Has promised to never leave you or forsake you, and His word is true. God is good all the time. He put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good, yes, He is all the time. Through the darkest night, His light will shine. God is good, God is good all the time. We were sinners and so unworthy, still for us he chose to die. Filled us with his Holy Spirit, now we can testify that his love is everlasting and his mercies, they will never end. God is good all the time. Put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time. Through the darkest night, His light will shine. God is good. Yes, He is. Come on. God is good all the time. And though I may not understand all the plans He has for me, my life is in your hands. Through the eyes of faith, I can clearly see God is good all the time. We put a song of praise in this part of mine. God is good all the time. And through the darkest night, His light will shine. God is good. God is good all the time. God is good 
Standing 
come on. If you don't know what that song was about, that's okay. Because again, it's not about the heart, or not about the words, it's about the heart. There was another in the fire. There's someone protecting you. No matter where you're looking, if the seas are dark, if you're in a fire, God will be there to be with you and protect you. We're giving him the praise and the worship because he is worthy and we exalt him. So right now this morning with me, just raise your hands. Let's tell him who he is and that we love him for it. Because he is worthy. We would not be here if it wasn't for him. Father God, we cry out to you. We are worthy, Father God. Lord, we exalt you. We lift your name upon high. For thou, O Lord, art high above all the earth. Thou art exalted far above all gods. For thou, O
please come and pray. talks about the last days they will abstain from meat, forbidding to marry, several things. Um, can you go back there, Stan? Stan? Can Leslie in? Stan, Leslie in? Can y'all go back there? Sorry. I just couldn't hear. Are you done? Yeah. Okay. So let me get back to under the dorney here. Hang on. It talks about abstaining from meats, forbidding to marry, 
turning themselves over really to reprobate minds is what they're doing. God will turn them over to reprobate minds. And we see these things happening. And this was on me all day yesterday, and I just can't shake it even this morning, that not long ago there was many cattle that were killed off. Maybe you remember how many? (laughs) How many? Like a thousand. I think it was, yeah, I thought it was more than that, 18,000. And God just really began to impress upon me that they're trying to take that food source away. Not, yes, maybe for their, some of it's for population control, that kind of thing. But this, what he was speaking to me is that he's, they're taking that source away because they want the interfaith, the one world religion. They want the, there's certain foods that are given to idols and they want us to start having those foods and wanting to give them to idols because that's how they think their, their prayers are going to be answered. So what we're going to see is in the days ahead, the years to come, is that our food supply, the cattle specifically, is going to be taken away. Why? Because many worship the cattle because they believe they're ancestors. And so they want to bring in the one world religion where different fruits and different um, food sources are given to idols. And then we'll get used to eating those and be giving them away. So I just want you to see that. And it was like he began to speak to me more and more about many the evil, some of the evilness of the holistic measures going on and the New Age movement going on. And even in schools, the children, you need to talk to them parents because they're teaching them how to breathe. All this is getting them ready for the one world religion, the interfaith religion how to blank their minds, how to clear the heads, take a moment of meditation. And while it sounds all good in their, in their schools, Will, did they do that in your school? Yeah, something similar. I'm sure from, from pre-K up they're doing that. So you need to be telling your children, Christians, what's going on in the schools so they don't partake in that and they don't get off track uh, my nephew here, he just graduated from high school, and praise God, he has stayed on the straight and narrow. He loves, he loves Jesus. You can have faith, but faith in what? Faith in what is what God had kept telling me. Faith in what? Faith in Jesus. Amen. He's our source. Faith in Jesus. I mean, you can have faith in food. You can have faith in yourself. You can have faith in Buddha. But God is saying, when you say faith, what are you saying? It sounds all good. All that must be a Christian. But what is your faith? I know I sound like I'm preaching at you, and I guess I kind of am. I just want you to know these. There's certain words that you use. I'm all spiritual, or I have. I'm very close to God. Which God? Or I'm, I have uh, faith. Faith in what? Why not say the name Jesus? Amen. Why not say the name Jesus? <laughs> He, so you have faith in. <coughs> Sorry, I yelled and so clogged my throat. I thank you for it, Lord. I thank you for your name. The name above all names. Yes, thank you. But watch these things to happen. 
and again, it was just so impressive on me that churches, <clears throat> mega churches, are bringing in holistic doctors to, to teach them to clear their minds, to do yoga, to just eat fruit, stay away from the meats. Because they're trying to get them accustomed to the one world religion, which is the interfaith, bringing them all together and then worshiping Satan, <clears throat> the evil one. All in the name of faith. All in the name of faith. But our faith, we must say, I have faith in Jesus. We need at his name. We need to add the name above all names. Amen. Just yesterday, my my um, granddaughter Scarlett, she saw on my dresser a a cute little bracelet, and she said, "What is in this bracelet, Glammy?" And it was a mustard seed. So I was explaining to her. I said, "See how little that seed is? See how little that is? Yes." I said, that's all the faith in Jesus you need. Don't let someone else tell you the faith in something else. But you just have to have a little bit of faith. But it has to be the right kind of faith. And I began, so she wanted to wear it. She was, it was so precious to her. And that's, that's who Jesus is. It doesn't take a lot of faith, but sometimes we just leave out his name conveniently and it's time to bring his name back amen, amen. amen. do you receive the message amen. hallelujah let's give the lord praise hallelujah amen. Amen. lord I, th I thank you for my husband i thank you for this apostle this pastor lord i ask that you bless the message today and let us have ears to hear what the spirit of the lord is saying amen. In all slumbering, dumb, deaf spirits, you must go in Jesus' name. Amen. We want to hear the word of God. And by the way, Satan, even if you try to put that spirit on somebody in here, guess what? Their spirit man still hears. So you might as well leave him alone. Amen. Might as well leave him alone. You get out of here. Amen. And Lord, we ask that we have ears to hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying and have, us, have, have remembrance of your message. Lord, anoint him from the top of his head to the soles of his feet with the message in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. By the way, how many of you pray in Jesus' name before you eat? Make sure you pray in Jesus' name before you eat, especially as the days approach. And uh, you might not know if it's safe to eat, but you better be praying in Jesus' name. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb to take the book and to open the seals thereof. Because you were slain has redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation and has made us unto our God kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth. Worthy is the Lamb. Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus that you would open our eyes and our heart this morning to hear what you say and that what comes forth is what you say and help us to be prepared for the days ahead, to be ministers, in Jesus' name, amen.
Okay, so our topic today is, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. That's out of the Bible. Which, Leslie just confirmed, not knowing what my topic was going to be today, that this is what the topic would be. This is what he wants me to tell you. Okay, so let's just cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of flesh and spirit. All right, let's go eat. (laughs) Easy said. Not easy done, right? So the story here is, we're going to talk, be talking about Sodom and Gomorrah today. The story is, three angels came to Abraham. Abraham sees these angels, recognizes them as angels, and I put all the scripture up there so you can read it if you want to. But the yellow part is what I want to call your attention to. So the three angels appears. And Abraham says, quick, quick. So he says to his wife Sarah, quick, quick. Go get three measures of fine, of, of, of fine meal. What would that be, by the way? Wheat. Whole wheat, right? Knead it. Make cakes upon the earth. Go fetch. And, and he fetched a tender calf good and gave it to the young man. And he said, quick, quick, fix it. Get butter and milk and a ca-. Oh, In other words, he was treating these three angels as good as he possibly could. Leslie tells me that when they go to Pakistan or... Honduras, the people put out the very best china, the very best food. They probably feed them a week's worth of their food in every meal. So they they try their very best. Why? Because we want to bless the Spirit of God that is in them. That's what he was trying to do. Sarah, he says, says, all right, now here's what's going to happen. I am going to, the Lord is going to give Sarah, your wife, a son. Sarah heard at the tent door which is behind him, and she was old, well-stricken in age, and ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. So Sarah laughed with herself, ha, ah, not going to happen. I'm not going to have a child. Well, these weren't normal men. They were three angels. And they heard it. Sarah laughed. I'm old. Am I going to have pleasure? My Lord being old also, wherefore Sarah laughed, saying, surely. I assure you, bear a child, which is I'm old. Yeah, yeah, right. Is anything too hard for the Lord at the same time appointed return to thee according to the time of life? Sarah shall have a son, the angels told Abraham. Sarah denied, saying, oh, no, no, no. I, I didn't laugh. Yes, you did. <laughs> you can't fool God. He says, now, here's what's going to happen. Because Abraham commands his children, his household after him, because they keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment. See, in America today, a lot of times, and I know I got an email this week, and he said, "You need to do more than just ask people to, to forgive Jesus to to forgive the ask Jesus to forgive their sins. You need to tell them more." Well, okay, if I tell them everything they need to do, it's a whole sermon. But the question is always, how much time do I spend explaining to a person what they need to do to be saved? Well, yes, we need to invite Jesus into our heart. Agreed. Uh, Yes, we need to get baptized. We need to read our Bible. Why? Because the world is constantly barraging us. I mean, like, how many murders have we seen? Well, I mean, I've never really seen a murder. Oh, yes, you have. 
If you lived in America, you've seen thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands of murders, rapes, people in bed together, sometimes male-female, sometimes not male-female. We have seen all kinds of filth. Well, the eye is the big gate, but we also get it through the ear gate. Okay, we see, we hear. I'm going to guess that you've had this happen to you. You start listening to a song, and you thought, man, I used to enjoy hearing that song. It's been a long time since I heard that song, right? And then we start listening to the words. We think, how how did I listen to that, right? How did I listen to that song? How come I didn't hear this? Jesus said, so that those that hear will not hear, and so that see will be blind. Because what opens our eyes is not us. And it's certainly not books, it's certainly not high school or college. What opens the eyes to see the truth is Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by him. There is one mediator between God and man, and that is the man, Christ Jesus. He says, I am the door. No man comes to the Father but by me. You can sacrifice all the animals you want to. Good luck with that. Here's the door. So, being a Christian, we want to read our Bible, which is why we have a Bible study. Because reading the Word starts putting truth in us. There's only one book on the face of the planet that has truth in it, okay? And that's the Bible. I might add not the 400 or the other 399 versions there are out there, but we believe it's the King James Version. But it starts putting putting truth in us. As we get the truth in us, then our eyes start opening. We start saying, ah, that Fox News, they act like they tell me the truth. You do know Fox News is not telling you the truth, right? Tell me, tell me you do know that, right? You're not getting all truth. As a matter of fact, I don't know a place where you can go and get truth, all truth, outside the King James Bible. Reading it. Dimitri says, the Bible is truth, and if you read that, then the devil can't trick you. That's a good, I'm sorry, what? Amen. Very good. But reading the Bible is not everything. We should have a prayer closet. (laughs) That means we need to get on our knees at least once a day and worship God. I didn't say pray for your brothers and sisters. I didn't say gimme, gimme, gimme. Lord, fix this, fix this, fix this, gimme this, gimme that. Because worship is telling God who he is and that you're loving for it. Praise is telling God what he does and that you're loving for it. Like, for example, great and marvelous, that whole thing, that is, that's praise. So I'm saying, great what you do. Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy, for all nations shall come and worship before thee when thy judgments are made manifest. That's praise. Worship sounds like this. 
Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength, honor, glory, and blessing. That's worship. When we fall to our knees and we worship Him, when we praise Him, He starts fixing things that we can't fix. My wayward son, I believe a day is going to come when God pulls back the curtains, opens up the eyes, and he'll see, this is what my preacher dad's been trying to tell me all these years. Being a Christian is not just reading your Bible. It's not just asking Jesus. You are not just getting baptized. Being a Christian is a way of life. Bible says that we should not fellowship with unbelievers. <laughs> How do we do that when that's all that's around us? Coming out of them, be not among them. Come out, be separate. Heard a voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that you be not protectors of her sins, and you receive not of her plagues. Being a Christian is a walk of life. It's not something we do once in a while. It's something we do all the time. And I like what you said about the eyes. Mm. So anyway, back to the three men. So he says, should I not tell Abraham about this thing I'm about to do? Because I know he's going to command his children's household after him. You know, we husbands, we wives, we moms, dads, we ought all be doing that. It is our, my mom used to say this, she says, the first job a parent has is to see that their child has a Christian education. To see that their child is raised in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. That doesn't mean, hey, you ought to go to church once in a while. Some people go to church once a year. They feel like they're doing God a favor. Yeah. Yeah. I know he's going to command his children household after him. They shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment. Well, we don't have that in America right now. Because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah, that's what I'm talking about this morning, is great. Because their sin is very grievous. I'm going to go down and see whether they really done altogether just as bad as I hear, which is coming to me. If not, I will know. So God sent three angels down into the city of Gomorrah, Sodom and Gomorrah, to see just how bad they really are. And there came two angels to Sodom at even, and Lot sat at the gate of the Sodom. And Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them and bowed himself to face. So Lot didn't get a text from Adam, or Abraham, saying there's got to be three angels coming your way. No, there's three angels. Right? Okay. Earlier, it was three angels. One of them, his GPS got off, and he got lost on the way. See, I didn't catch that little detail there. That's good. Very good. Very good. That's why you have a wife. You preach to all the time when you have a wife, especially if it's a prophet. So there came <laughs> two angels. The other one's GPS got off. Anyway, um, 
So Lot sees them, goes up, bows himself. He recognized these are two angels. What does he do? He says, okay, come on, come on, come on. Come into my house. Stay with me. Look at it. I'll wash your feet. You can rise up early, go on your ways. We'll get you some food. We'll take care of you. The two angels said, nah, nah, we're going to stay in the street tonight. Apparently, there was not room in the inn for them either. Missed on that one. Y'all supposed to have fun in these, see. He made a feast. He baked unleavened bread. They did eat. But before they laid down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, can pass the round about the house, both old and young, all the people from every quarter. What'd they do? They banged on the door. Where are the men which came into this night? Bring them out to us that we may know them. Now that's the same word that Eve knew his wife. That's the... Stan, you're supposed to get them laughing, but there are better ways to do it than this. This is when Adam knew his wife Eve. In other words, we don't like to talk about it, but sometimes the things we don't like to talk about are exactly the things that are tearing our nation apart, exactly the things that tear our families apart and our churches apart. So what they really wanted to do is have sex with these men. Well, I'm glad we don't do that in America. He says, look, I have two daughters, and they have not known man. Let me just bring these two daughters out to you, and then you can do to them whatever you want to do. And I'm sorry, Lot, you know, but over oh, my dead body, I'm going to pull out my shooting arm, and there will be blood. But you're not getting my daughter, even if she wasn't virgin. Or either one, in this case, two daughters. It's like, what? I don't think I would turn out the two angels to them. But I certainly would not offer my daughters instead. I would simply say the door is locked. Nobody's coming out. And you don't really want to come in. I got a Belgian Malwall, that's why. <laughs> that is true. Doorbell rings or somebody knocks at the door. They don't want in my house. Even They don't have to know that she's back in another bedroom in a cage. They don't have to know that. They hear that bark, and they don't want in the house if they're after evil. Now, so I looked it up. <clears throat> drag nights near me. Uh, by the way, I just started typing in the word drag. I didn't get to the word nights. It filled it in. Drag nights near me. Would you like to look at how many places are offering drag nights and LGBT across America? So has America become Sodom and Gomorrah? I think God would say yes. Boycott against Bud Light is hammering sales, experts explain why. Sales of Bud Light have recorded declines for six consecutive weeks after a product in Dortmund from Dylan Mulvaney, a transgender influencer. That's not the way the Bible would say it. They try to 
pretty words on evil, sinful things. Critics of Bud Light burned empty beer boxes and fired bullets at cans as part of an anti-trans backlash against the brand that, by the way, <laughs> this is ABC News, okay? I say that for the platform so they won't take me off, okay? I'm just quoting ABC News here. Sales of Bud Light have recorded declines for six consecutive weeks. Consumer boycotts typically fizzle out, but this one, no, it's expanded for an array of reasons, a hot-button political controversial over product with ample alternatives. I was walking into uh, Kroger the other day, and there was a guy walking out with a big case of Bud Light. <laughs> Don't say anything, Stan. Don't say anything. He might really like his Bud Light. He might be able to whoop you good. <laughs> but I thought about it. I probably would have said... Yeah, maybe Kroger was giving it away. Uh, yeah, there you go. He was taking it for target practice. There you go. Generally, boycotts can be called and have very, elect, uh, very, very little effect. For now, everybody is mad. Sales of Bud Light fell 25%. The most recent decline showed a deepening losses of 23% and going down to 70%. Anyway, well, you know... Is that telling you that there's a lot of Christians that drink Bud Light? <laughs> Think about it. We Christians just don't like the way you advertised your beer. Do you see a problem with America here? I mean, like, we've walked away from our God, right? Back to the scriptures. So they're pounding to break the door. Lot pulled them in the house, shut the door, so the angels smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves just to find the doorknob. So he says, the men said to Lot, Hast there any besides said, He said, Yeah, well, whatsoever you hast in the city... Bring them out of this place, for we will destroy this place because the cry of them is waxen great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. Now, when he said, do you have any here other besides these? He's asking your wife and your children, are there any others of your family within this city that you care about? He said, no. So here's what happened. You know the rest of the story. So it says, up, get you out of this place, for the Lord's going to destroy the city. But he seemed as the one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. What's he saying? Okay, so Lot, a just man that feared the Lord, goes over to his sons, his sons-in-laws, their children, all of the people that were possibly, look, we got to leave, we got to leave. I ask you, <laughs> I ask you this, if I were to come in one day, and if I were to say, the Lord appeared to me last night, and it is time for us to start leaving America, I would like to think people would say, how much time do we have to leave, instead of, we like America. But see, that's what they're doing. They're mocking him. They're making fun of him. We don't want to leave. Why? Because they liked Sodom and Gomorrah. 
Why did they like Sodom and Gomorrah? Because it was very wealthy, because they had found this large amount of crude oil at the Dead Sea, and they were selling it down to Egypt, and so actually Sodom and Gomorrah were boom towns. And there was a lot of money there. No, that's true. I don't think that's why they didn't want to leave. They liked the sin. Now think about it. The only reason we continue to sin is but the prophet says we like it. My mom said this. She said, son, there is pleasures in sin. Was she correct? We like our sin, which is why do we, we don't want to get out of it. We've got to like the cross. We've got to like eternity more. We have to make a decision. Is this good preaching today? Yes. Do we need to hear this in America? Yes. America needs to hear this. So he seemed as one that mocked his, to his son's law. They wouldn't believe it. The angels hastened Lot and says, Arise, take your wife and two daughters or you're going to be consumed in the iniquity of the city. So Lot immediately packed up, got everything, got his children, got his sons-in-laws, got them all, and he left without question. Uh, No, he didn't. What happened? The angels had to take him by the hand and drag him out. What about us? Do we love our nation so much to where we wouldn't leave if God told us to leave? You know, there's a time coming that God's going to tell us to leave this nation. You do know that. And we will leave when he tells us. And I believe it's not the time yet. But I believe we will know. So here he says, so he lingered. So the men, this is the two men, the two angels, laid hold on his hand. And upon the hand of his wife. They're both saying, no, we like our sin. And upon the hand of his two daughters. The angel had to drag them out. They didn't pack up and go willingly. See, right now, America, we like our Bud Light. Drew, we like our Bud Light. But we don't want none of them transgenders promoting it. We like our commercials. We, we like our commercials trans-free. What are you thinking? America, like Dimitri would say, wake up America. Well, she hadn't woken up. So it came to pass when they brought them forth abroad, he said, escape for your life. Don't look behind you. That's a key. Don't look behind you. Why? Why was he saying don't look back? See, that's the reason the dog returns to the vomit. Have you ever had a dog? You ever had a dog throw up? You've got to fight them to keep them away from that vomit. They'll go, you say, look it. Did you not understand that was not good for you? I, when I first got this dog, so she threw up, <clears throat> I brushed it into a little dustpan, took it out, and threw it in the lawn. She's over in the lawn, sniffing around every little piece of it she wants to find. Said, Do you, that was bad for you. You want to eat it again? 
But what do we do? We go and we sleep with the wrong person. Amen. We sleep with the wrong person. And then what do we do? Go and do it again. We smoke a little dope. And what do we do? It tears us up, so we do it again. Stan, you're preaching. There's a stepping on some toes here. Escape for your life. Don't go back and eat the vomit. Don't look behind you. Neither stay there on the plain, but escape to the mountain. In other words, don't just go out to the city limits. And see, he was re- the angel was really saying, get you out of the city, but not just physically, mentally, and spiritually. Come ye out and be ye separate. We shouldn't look like the sinners. We shouldn't walk like the sinners. We shouldn't have tattoos like the sinners. We shouldn't be bearing our breasts and wiggling our butts like the sinners. We shouldn't be drinking their Bud Light. If you have to tell somebody you're a Christian, if you have to tell them, you should be repenting. When I play racquetball, they all know, oh, he's a pastor. They know he's a pastor. And they're, you, I, they're praying, but they're just praying. I won't say anything to them. <laughs> so, the next day, the sun has risen up upon the earth. Lot entered into Zohar. The Lord rained down Sodom, uh, rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone. What's brimstone? It's sulfur. And fire from the Lord out of heaven. I do not believe that the angels went over and dug a pit, dug down and found some sulfur, grabbed it up, and went over and threw it on Sodom and Gomorrah. Actually, there's five cities. I believe, just like it said, there was a slit in time, and what was not there before, all of a sudden, sulfur was poured down. And when the sulfur was poured down, some were golf ball size, some were cantaloupe size, some were watermelon size, and some were beach ball size. And it's like burning sulfur, like almost 100% sulfur. Whatever it hit, whether it was brick, whether it was glass, whether it was gold or silver or people, whatever it hit, it burned until it burned and covered itself and snuffed out the oxygen. Either that or it would totally burn up. And, by the way, they've tested it burns like 5,000, 6,000 degrees. They can't even test how hot it burns. <clears throat> and he overthrew those cities, all the plain, there was actually five cities, and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground, but the wife looked back. Why does she look back? Have you ever been a drinker? And someone offers you a drink, and you go, you're remembering, oh, I enjoyed that. Have you ever been a marijuana? I mean, I'm not a marijuana smoker, so I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about in theory. But if you've ever smoked marijuana, and then you smell it, my guess is you go, those were the days. If you've ever been 
a womanizer. Like what Sandy was saying this morning, keep your eyes on their eyes. And you look and you go, hot dog. And that's putting it nicely. We're remembering. See, that's what she was doing. She was remembering all of the good times she had. We remember those good times. We like that vomit. Oh, that vomit's good. Saying you're sick. I'm trying to drill it into every one of us this morning so it will not pop out. We will not forget this point. We don't sin. Christians don't sin. Well, what are you talking about? Christians sin? No, no. Our objective is not not, not, fill in the blank here, not to sin. Doesn't mean we're perfect, but it means our objective is not to sin. See, I'm loyal to Leslie. I've always been loyal to Leslie. And I'm not loyal to Leslie because she has sharp fingernails or because she has a sharp knife or a big gun. I'm loyal because I'm afraid of him. I might be able to escape and not be found out by her. I don't know, and I don't want to find out. But I know I can't escape. I know. So you ask why this boy is faithful? I know what he's capable of. I fear... We were talking about this, and somebody said, Why well, have a healthy respect for the Lord? Huh. Ah. Respect's the wrong word. Absolute terrified fear. Of course, I know a lot of people say, But aren't you absolutely terrified in fear of your wife, Leslie the prophet? Well, <laughs> since you brought it up, yeah. The voice of God in my house has a southern accent. Now, in Lou's house, the voice of God has a Korean accent. I love her. But we love our old sins. Come on. I don't know what your sin is, but here's the thing. Devil, he does. He's always waving that flower in front of you. Don't that flower smell good? You remember that vomit? We like our vomit. Some crazy preaching here, Stan. The smoke of the country went up as the smoke of a furnace. God destroyed the cities of the plain, remembered Abraham sent forth Lot out of the overthrow, went in. Now, he got out! End of story, right? What you guys been doing? You been cheating and reading that Bible again? Look, it's no fun preaching. We already know the Bible. Good for you. Was this the end of the story? You can take the boy out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the boy. 
You can take the people out of Sodom and Gomorrah, but you can't take the sin out unless they're willing to fight, just like Lou and Cindy were saying this morning. It's a battle. It's a battle we fight every day. You've been fighting sin already today. And you fought it all day long yesterday. If you didn't fight it, guess what? It won. It won. Are you listening? If you aren't fighting the sin, if you don't recognize the sin, I got a phone call. I looked down. I said, there is a devil. But I recognized it. And I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to step there. And yeah, I'm afraid of Leslie, but I'm afraid of her God more than I'm afraid of her. <clears throat> so, what finally happened? So they lot left to the went to Zohar. They dwelt in the mountain, along with his two daughters. But now the daughters remembered the vomit. And they thought, hey, I got an idea. Come, let us make our father drink wine, and we're going to have sex with him. So that our, ch- our father will have children. First of all, that's not your decision, daughter. Second, you don't go getting your father drunk and having sex with him at night so you can have his child. Where'd they learn that? Well, here's where they learned that. They learned that here. See, the angels had to drag them out of Sodom and Gomorrah. But they didn't get Sodom and Gomorrah out of their heart. Your husband, your wife can drag you out of the bars. They can make you stop your drinking, stop your crowds, and stop whatever vomit you're eating. But you, every one of us has to make a decision. We are not eating the vomit. Ever. 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 Again. devil comes to you with a smiley face. And he don't come to the front door ringing the doorbell. He comes to the back door when you're not looking. He sneaks in a window. And sometimes, like, let me see. If your life is like mine, you, the, the times you've got in trouble is when the devil smiled the biggest. It looked good. Smelled good. Tastes good. I enjoyed it. We like our sin. We like that vomit. Give me more vomit. So, the one says, let's have the father. Let's have sex with him. Then they made the father drink that night. The firstborn went in, sex with her father. She comes down and says, hey, to the second daughter. You go in now and you lie with them so that you could. So they both had children of the father. Well, what's wrong with that? Well, nothing wrong with that if you don't believe in the Bible. But if you believe in the Bible, the Bible specifically says you do not do that. So what happened? One, the son was called Moab. The other one became the children of Ammon. And what happened to Moab and Ammon? I can take you to scriptures that decided not to go there today that shows you that both of those nations will be totally destroyed. Those nations turned against the children of Abraham and killed many of them. So Lot, that was brother with Abraham, Lot, his daughters, slept with him, had two children, 
Abraham and Moab, and they begin to kill Abraham's children. So even though they were drug out by the hand, by the angels, they didn't really leave Sodom and Gomorrah. My question is, have you left Sodom and Gomorrah? Remember that old person? That old way you used to be? Old things you've done? Have you left that? Or are you still eating vomit? Well, it's a hard message, Stan. <coughs> well, I've requoted that. What concord or what life has crossed with Belial? Now, what's Belial? This is Bel. That's the cow god. That's where they believe. I don't have time to go into that. It's the worst. It's the most cruelest religion on the planet that believes in human sacrifice. Or what part has he believeth with an infidel? What agreement do we have with the temple of God and idols? Come out from among them and be ye separate, say the Lord, and touch not the vomit again. Amen. Don't do it. Did we not learn there was no good for us when we threw up that vomit? If we haven't learned to walk away, I mean, I feel sorry for anybody under 25 in America, I feel sorry for them now. See, when I was 25 years old, I had grown up in a Christian family. I'd grown up around Christians in elementary, junior high school. I worked with Christians. Not today. Man, they're, 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 they're living in Sodom and Gomorrah again. Okay. Now, here's my point. These are the five cities. <clears throat> Zoar, Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma, and Zoboam. You can find more about it in this DVD and this book, which, yes, we have available at the back. This is Leslie, Hunting for Brimstone. What year was this? Probably. When? No, that's it, no. See, we got this is when we were on the tour. Other people ever on the tour, probably our first tour. When did we do our first tour? No, I'm, I'm, no, I mean where we were the tour hosts. Oh. <clears throat> yeah, I think that's right. As a matter of fact, I'll show you that. I think it is '96. That's correct. This is a picture of brimstone. This is like almost pure silver. I'll show you the percentage in just a second. Here's another picture of it. See, these balls of sulfur hit everything, and when they hit, they stuck like tar. Try to imagine a ball of tar that's on fire. It just hits, it sticks, and it burns everything until it's encapsulated by what it's burning to the point where it cuts off the oxygen. Here's another picture of these sulfur balls. And <clears throat> I've got some sulfur balls. Yeah, it says 2006 right here. Now, I'm going to hand these around. What I want you to do is smell them. I'd ask you not to touch them. You don't want to touch them anyway. Your finger will stink all day long because it's sulfur. Smell, and you'll notice that it smells like sulfur. These are sulfur balls that Leslie and I picked up at Gomorrah. This is one of the bigger ones, kind of like you're seeing there. And this is the biggest one so far found. I'll just leave the lid off here. That's a big rascal. You light that, and it will burn a hole right through your car. Sulfur balls. Another picture of them. So you have some unusual pastors here, Stan and Leslie. 
Does it smell like sulfur? His eyes got red, yeah. Okay, so it, they did some chemical analysis on it, and they found that it's 96.6 or 95.6% pure sulfur. Pure sulfur. 95.5, there you go. Normal sulfur is only 50%. So it didn't come from the earth. It came from the windows of heaven. <clears throat> More analysis of it. Here's uh, Roberta Uthier. She helped us for a lot of years in Prophecy Club. She's gone to be with the Lord now. But she went over and she picked up just a brick. See, this is actually a wall. These are actually walls, but the sulfur hit it, and it just sticks. And it gets so hot that this it, it burns the brick, it burns the stone, whatever it is. Here's another picture of it a little bit closer. And the reason it has the layers like that is because it gets hot, and the sulfur bonds with the stone, and it causes it to layer like that. That's evidence of extreme heat. This is what we believe, Ron said, looked like a sphinx shape. We believe it apparently at the entrance to Sodom and Gomorrah, there was a sphinx shape and a ziggurat, or like a pyramid shape, at the entrance to the city. Obviously not God. Because Sphinx, that's Egyptian. Pyramid, that's Egyptian. That's not God. <clears throat> Here's another picture of it. This is the Sphinx shape. This is the ziggurat shape. Do you see how that... See, that kind of looks like the face of the lion with the paws down here with the tail. Kind of like a Sphinx, right? Okay. Another shot of it. Sphinx shape. Ziggurat shape. Big. Not an accident. But when sulfur hit it, balls of sulfur, it turns it to ash. You can walk over to these walls and go, boom, and your hand goes up to the elbow. Nothing but ash. They used to be stone, but they're just ash. There was another time, me and another guy, we were walking in the Sodom and Gomorrah area. It was kind of like this, this uh, platform here is not solid concrete. As I walk along, it has... a a uh, 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 cinder block brick, cinder block brick, cinder block bricks. Well, it's kind of like that in one of the places. Like, can you tell where it's hollow? There, see, I'm right over a brick. See how the sound changes? That's the way it was. We're walking along, and all of a sudden, it's like, that's hollow. I don't want that to fall in. <laughs> Who knows what's underneath it? But it were actually houses. Sphinx shape, ziggurat shape, sphinx shape, wall, that's a wall, there's another wall of the city, another wall. Uh, this formation has a 90 degree angle. Now, one of the things Ron White taught us, he said there's several things here that the untrained eye wouldn't see, but the trained eye would see it, because in nature, you never find a perfect circle, you never find a perfect straight line you never find a perfect right angle. So in that this has a right angle there, man-made. There's more of them. What I want you to see here is this is normal dirt. This is normal dirt. But you see how that is all yellow? Because that's all covered with sulfur. Sulfur is yellow. Back, back up. <clears throat> Same thing. Brown, brown, <clears throat> that's... Actually, we believe that's the city of Gomorrah. 
Once again, we see right angles. A right angle, a right... These are buildings. Very tall buildings. You see how this is round? I'll show you another better picture in a second. Square angle. This was a building. Maybe this was their city hall. If you're looking down, you see how that's round? That does not happen in nature. This is round. Doesn't happen. And then they have a little walkway, so they walked out there and put lights up. If we want to make our vomit look very nice in the evening. Another building. Another picture of the building. Maybe that's City Hall. Who knows? <clears throat> Another picture. Again, brown. Brown. Actually, I think that's fog out there. I think that's the Dead Sea. And then here it is. Yellow. Sulfur. Looking down on it from, uh, I believe that's a shot from Masada. But you can see there were streets through there. Now, having been burned and everything, so many years that the water's washed a lot of it away. <clears throat> Same thing. Brown, yellow. Yellow, brown. <clears throat> okay, <clears throat> so... I'm going to go through the, the whole story. If you want to have your sins forgiven, if you want to help get God to help you to turn from your vomit, if you want to make certain your name is written in heaven so that when you die, <clears throat> you live eternally, here's the way you do it. For God so loved you there's the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, so that whosoever believeth in him should not die but have everlasting life. You can live forever. Second, we must realize that we've all sinned. Okay, if you're not sick, you don't need a doctor. So if you don't realize that you've sinned, you don't need someone that can wash the sin away. All of us have sinned, the Bible says. Next is <clears throat> getting your name in the book of life. Getting eternal life is not something you can buy. You can't earn it. You can't be good enough. It is a free gift. That's what it's saying. By grace or a gift, you're saved through faith, and then out of yourselves it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Okay, then how do we get it? It says, if we confess with our mouth that we believe in the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, that's not the last step. That's the first step. That's the, be saved, be water baptized, read your Bible, Get filled with the Holy Ghost, go to church, have a prayer closet. See, there's a lot more to being a Christian. <clears throat> repent and be baptized. Now, what does repent mean? Repent, here's repent. means I was walking the life of sin and I threw up vomit. I accepted Jesus. I walked away from that sinful life. That means we're probably going to lose some words, probably going to lose some friends, might lose a job. We threw up the vomit. We said, I don't want to live that way anymore. We don't want to be like Lot's wife to turn around and say, Boy, I love that vomit. We don't want to be like Lot's daughters and say, Yeah, yeah, let me show you what we learned in Sodom and Gomorrah. Dad, we're going to get you drunk. We're going to have sex with you. We, don't, we, don't, we, we walked from the vomit. That's repent. Here it is. Here it is. Watch. See, it's just on the ball of the foot. 
I'm not drinking, I'm not eating, I'm not looking, I'm not liking that vomit, that's sin anymore. Right? I'm going to walk to Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean, <laughs> I prayed to prayer, Jesus. I mean, I did you a favor. No, that means I'm going to walk towards you. Okay, I prayed the prayer. I got baptized. I read my Bible. What else can I do to get closer to you? Well, you can go to church. Start memorizing scripture. Who knows, maybe you'll be a preacher one day. <clears throat> if you pray this prayer, I'm going to ask you to send me an email. So let's all bow our heads. We pray it every Sunday. I pray it every day. Let's, let's pray it together. Dear Heavenly Father, I admit I'm a sinner. I confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart that Jesus is the Christ, Son of the living God, died on the cross, arose three days later, I receive his blood to wash my sins away, to write my name in the book of life, to keep me holy, to save me the day of trouble. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer for the very first time, raise your hand if you're in the room. Praise God. Praise God. Okay, if you're not, if you're not in the room, send me an email right here. <clears throat> and I have one quick question. I'm not trying to embarrass you. So, who's your Lord and Savior? He said the right word. Okay, congratulations. You just got your name written in heaven, brother. Um, also, if you'd like to become a part of the ministry, go to prophecyclub.com or Spirit of Prophecy Church and click on Become a Ministry Member. That will show you how to do it. And if you're watching online, you can click like, share, and subscribe to help other people reach it. If you're local here and you want to have prayer, come on up. And me and Leslie and our other ministers be happy to pray for you. God bless you. Thank you for coming.